0: Welcome to No Filler. On tonight's very special Halloween episode, we're diving into the films of 70s Italian horror icon Dario Argento, which can only mean one thing it's time to listen to some Goblin. Happy Halloween, everyone. Travis again. So I wanted to tee this episode up for you real quick, uh, beyond uh, the little teaser there that I just gave in the intro. So uh, Quentin is not joining us tonight. Uh, He is uh, dealing with some stuff, but he will be back next month. But I've got somebody even better than Quentin, honestly. When it comes to horror movies, I mean, he's not your guy. So I've got my good friend Adrian joining us tonight, who is both a horror movie fanatic, but also a legitimate, bona fide guitar player and musician who has been involved with a ton of bands. I'll let him intro himself in here in a little bit so you can get a better idea of his resume, but all I can say is, when it comes to talking about classic horror and Italian progressive rock, I could not have found a better guest for tonight. So, here we go, my conversation with Adrian. About Dario Argento and the music of Goblin. Joining me today is a very special guest, Adrian Sebastian Haynes, or Ash, if you're in his um his inner circle. Couldn't be happier to, to have you here.
1: Nice. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Really excited to to talk music, to talk a little bit of horror as well. So yeah, I'm looking forward to this.
0: So um, like, like I said, you're, you're, you're a musician. You've been a musician for ever. I figured you could give us a little intro about yourself, your current music projects or anything you've done uh, recently that you want to talk about.
1: Yeah, sure. So, uh, I guess I, you know, I play all sorts of instruments, but I think guitar is kind of like my main thing. That's like, the what I'm most comfortable with, that's if someone's asking me to join their band, they're usually asking me to play guitar. Nice. Um, so uh the two groups that i'm in right now i just joined a new group um that's about they're about three years old i i jumped into this band over the summer um it's called stella and the very Mest. so like instead of very best very messed anyway it's it's a fun band um and they're kind of an amalgamation of a, a bunch of different groups there's uh the drummers from a band called Black Books. The singer was in this kind of like regionally famous uh, pop punk alternative band called Cruiserweight. Uh, And she's just like an amazing songwriter. So just playing guitar with them. And then uh, another friend of mine who I've known since I moved to Austin, I just joined his his band like right when the pandemic started. And that group is called Josie Lockhart, So Lockhart, like the, like the town, the barbecue,
0: barbecue, barbecue yeah, that's capital, yep.
1: capital of Texas, basically. Mm-hmm, so that's mm-hmm. kind of like um, it's kind of like if Tame and Paula, and like Wilco had a baby. Okay, something. wow,
0: dude, that sounds awesome.
1: <laughs> it's been it, it was a lot of fun, and I, I never really played slide guitar, um, so I played a lot of slide guitar with them. We just started playing with a pedal steel player. We have a show, uh, our first show with the pedal steel player next week. So that should be fun. We um, worked on an album that's, I mean, gosh, it was like last summer. So it's not out yet, but hopefully soon, hopefully early 2024, we'll have an album out. So those are my two main projects. And then, you know, I was in this band for a while that I know you know about, uh, Major, Major, Major was like a garage pop mm-hmm. two-piece and also um around that time played in this band called um alex napping which is like indie pop um toured with um hotelier i'm, I'm not sure if you know I've uh, heard of that, them, yeah. that group um so we were kind of like in that diy slash kind of emo throwback circle um definitely Definitely a good times. Kind of miss. I, I was like, going through. I I never really listen to any music that I'm a part of. But for for whatever reason, yeah. like the other week, I I was listening to that, and I was like getting pretty nostalgic. I was like, that was fun. You're getting nostalgic
0: about the the emo, w- which was also nostalgic at the time. Is what you're saying, exactly. The throwback, yeah, cool. It's
2: double yeah, there's something going.
0: about. Yeah, there's there's something special about that like two thousands era emo sound that. You know, for people on like in our age group, yeah, it's like instant instantly I'm back in like high school, you know, and I'm like got all my high school anxiety and stuff and it just puts you right back there, you know.
1: It really does. It's like our version of like our parents' eagles. Well maybe eagles is a terrible <laughs> example. Uh, yeah, what would be the saying.
0: equivalent? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> but yeah. Um but yeah, so your your resume is is legit. Uh huh. So we finally have a a, a, a a bona fide musician to, to talk about because Quentin and I, we, we'll we just say stuff, you know, I'm like, eh, I think this sounds about right. The way I'm going to describe this music, the, like the best <laughs> way I can do it is just to just like compare it to other bands, you know what I mean? Or compare right. it to other genres, but you know, you go and you read like a Pitchfork article and then like those guys and, and gals are, are, are always throwing in obscure references and stuff like that. And like talking about time signatures and all this kind of stuff that's like over my head, but you know what, maybe you're here. You can, you can make us sound legit for once.
1: I'll, I'll do my best, you know, even we make mistakes sometimes. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, from a theory perspective, I'm okay. I have some, okay. all uh, right. some theory knowledge. So, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, if anything, I know both of us can, 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 uh, can, can, uh, can sound legit when it comes to horror movies. So let's at least, Definitely. you know, agree upon that. Cause that's the thing with Quentin, just not, not a horror guy. So I'm always kind of dragging him, dragging him along. You know what I mean? But now he's not here, so we don't need to worry about that. All right. So this is our bonus Halloween episode. So happy Halloween, everybody who's listening, um, you know, hopefully you can squeeze this, this podcast in, uh, in between, doorbells and and whatever whatever else you're doing or bobbing for apples maybe if you're at a halloween party like i don't know what you're doing but hopefully you can you know tune us up while you're driving around this is going to be a great episode um and if you've been listening for a long time this is going to feel like our older format which was we would pick a band one band usually would pick an album from that band and then we would dive into the history of the band and then you know play tracks from the record so we're focusing on one particular group uh we're jumping around in terms of like um the albums and whatnot but uh, the group as i mentioned in the intro is a italian prog rock band that goes by goblin and if you're a fan of italian horror you've probably heard goblin's music uh maybe you just didn't realize it but they are essentially the the house band, if you will, um, if you want to kind of think of it that way, of this uh, very well-known Italian horror director named Dario Argento. So what we're going to do is play some songs from a handful of Dario Argento films that featured the music of Goblin. So in the intro, I, I played the, uh, the theme song to Suspiria. And um, not the first time that that song has actually been played. On this podcast, we did a, a sidetrack episode a long time ago on uh, Suspiria, and we played that theme song, and then we played a track off of the the newer Suspiria, which was Tom York. I don't know if you listened to that record, um, Adrian, but...
1: I guess I... Yeah, I totally forgot that he did that score, because I yeah. loved the movie. I only saw it that one time, it kind of blew my mind. Uh, I don't know... How comfortable I would be with a rewatch, although I would like to rewatch it because there was a, a, so much great stuff in that film.
0: So I haven't actually seen the new one. I've seen, I've seen the old oh, one wow. a couple okay. times, but I haven't seen the new one.
1: I would be really curious to hear what you think about the, the latest one. I, I was glad that it kind of went off the kind of the deep end, and it's it's just a completely different movie. So it, you're not like comparing it to the original as much, just because it feels so different which I think was the right call.
0: Well, I'm, yeah, I'll, I'll watch it eventually. I know it's like three hours long or something like that. So you, you gotta yeah, I got to get in the right mindset for it, but yeah. all right. So let's jump into, so the first film we're going to talk about, and uh, okay. I'm saying we're going to talk about the film. We'll, we'll briefly discuss the film. I'm going to play the trailer. Uh, and these trailers are, are, uh, great, um, from an audio perspective too so like if you're listening at home and you don't have youtube up you can't like pull up the trailer and watch alongside us they're pretty awesome even just just the audio from the trailer so um we'll we'll do that a little bit we'll talk about the synopsis of the film but you know we're here to talk about goblin mainly so um so yeah and then we'll play a track from each of these films the first one we're going to talk about is deep red uh, which the, the Italian title is Profondo Rosso. I'm probably going to butcher the pronunciation of all of these Italian words. It's uh, not going to be. Yeah, so um, this was the first time that the Goblin and Argento uh, partnered up. So basically, let me just do a brief Goblin history here. So the, the band is kind of like a, it's comprised of a bunch of different Italian prog rock groups that kind of like came together and like had a, a bunch of, different iterations before they became Goblin and they put out like this, uh, this EP under the name, the cherry five, that was their original name. And it was like a, uh, I don't know. It was a flop. Apparently it didn't do too well, but Dario Argento for whatever reason stumbled upon the album and really liked it. And he was making deep red at the time. And he was not happy with the, the direction, like the jazzy, direction that the original composer was taking it in his name was giorgio Gaslini, and so then he brought in the cherry five or goblin into the uh into the mix and they basically redid the whole score and that was basically the the birth of the uh the collaboration and so after that they changed their name to goblin to kind of like match this new air this new realm of horror that they were finding themselves in all right, so let's play the trailer.
1: I also heard something, or I think I was, I was on Wikipedia and I read something interesting about. I don't know how true this is, but that Dario Gento like was like, I need, I need the whole score like written in a day, and I need you to record the whole thing in a day. Oh.
0: Wow. I think okay.
1: that's. I think that was for Deep Red. I think it was like incredibly rushed uh, <laughs> recording wow. process.
0: That's interesting because some of it, yeah, some of it does sound sound kind of like, um, like a jam session type thing, like something that came yeah. out of a jam session, which I can imagine, you know, if you're just like, hey, we got to crank out a bunch of songs, like it would, it would just be like organic, you know, jam sessions that you just kind of turn into a song, right?
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, all right. So let's get this deep red trailer pulled up. And if you're, if you're following along at home and you, you have access to the YouTubes, um, Pull it up. I'm looking, uh, try to find the original. This is the, the original trailer. All right. And let's hit play. You're getting closer and closer to the most
3: unnatural kind of death.
4: You have killed and you will kill again.
3: Beyond shock, beyond horror, into total terror. What was that? Murder runs wild, blood runs cold, terror runs deep red, everywhere you turn, death is running with you. You into deep shock. Deep
0: red weighted R. mean, so cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, my favorite part of the film was actually in the trailer. The uh, whatever this thing is it's like walking marionette doll thing that sort of like walks into this room. I don't know how the killer pulled it off, but he's got this animatronic uh, puppet thing that's like you know charging at this this, this person. Uh, but anyway, so, um, all right, that was the, the trailer. Uh, let me give you the synopsis, uh, in case it wasn't obvious in the, in the trailer. So this is from the, this is the letterboxed synopsis. So that says a musician witnesses the murder of a famous psychic and then teams up with a feisty reporter to find the killer while evading attempts on their lives by the unseen killer bent on keeping a dark secret buried. Deep shock. Are you prepared to be deeply shocked, as they said? Were you deeply shocked when you saw this film for the first time? And you watched it recently, right?
1: I've rewatched it recently. The first time I saw it was with some friends in college because I'd seen Suspiria. So I was like, mm-hmm. let's watch this movie. Um, and definitely a lot of mixed responses from, from the your people friends. I
0: watched. <laughs> sure.
1: But... Um, I think it's so funny that this like piano player gets wrapped up in all this. I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, <laughs> kind of like, um, going right. across like the police never have a problem with him doing any of this stuff. It's like, what? Like, this is completely <laughs> confidentially just like walking in around on, on crime scenes and
0: Hey, maybe, maybe um, that's how I would, you know, seventies, you know, anything goes. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. So I, I find that part really funny. And maybe like, I've always like, kind of like fantasized about like stumbling in on like a, a, a murder and trying to figure it out just because i love <laughs> these types of movies so it's like okay. oh he's a piano player so it's like it kind of feels relatable in a way so um
0: dude that's funny um <laughs> man i i bet you if you did stumble upon a murder you'd probably be like you know what um I lied I don't want to I yeah yeah turns out I don't want it so it'd be terrible but I I hear you saying I mean I I, you know I've always wanted to like see a ghost and stuff you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. I always say that um but I feel like if I did see something creepy like that like in the moment I I I think I'd be terrified it would never uh, be the same that would never be the same. Yeah, that basically my entire freaking worldview would be changed. All right, uh, all right. So let's listen to the song. So again, this is um, this film is called Deep Red. The Italian title, I guess, the original name is uh, Profondo Rosso. Um, so I'm going to play a song called Mad Puppet. <laughs> Sweet. Amazing. I was I was blown away by that track. So I don't actually I think it actually was played in the trailer, so it's it is possible that um this appeared in the film. But uh this particular version of the song does not appear on most of the releases of this this album that I found. So this is some sort of like some special edition of this record uh that this this version of the song appeared on. But I just thought it was like this really interesting. I mean yeah this is a prog rock band right and that was like a kind of interesting prog rock song which is kind of uh interesting like nothing about that says like if you didn't if i didn't tell you that that was from a horror film like you'd have no clue that was from a horror film right Uh, at least this this particular song like if you listen to the theme song of suspiria like it sounds like a horror theme song you know but what i like about goblin is like you know these guys are this is a rock band you know what i mean so like you're gonna hear all these great rock tracks when you listen to Goblin because at, at their at their core like you know these guys are a rock band but it's interesting cuz like you know when they when they recorded this stuff they were still the Cherry 5 like that was the name of the group mm-hmm. uh and it's just interesting to to read that like their EP that they put out was a flop cuz it sounds like they turned around and then immediately started working with our Dargento. so like I'm curious I I'm, I would actually love to to go back and hear that early ep because if it sounds like this stuff like i'm you know sign me up you know
1: i'd like to like hear that too i didn't really know their backstory until i like peeped at their um wikipedia and then i noticed because uh, i just wanted to get a refresher there's this like uh rate i forget what it's called some old website rate my albums or something like that
0: oh yeah and
1: yep. it's this list 100 best italian prog rock records and like at number 20 is a the Cherry Five self-titled, so really, uh, see, I mean, it's, it must okay, be well, pretty
0: good. Yeah, so maybe, maybe it flopped for you know who, who knows? Maybe that maybe that uh, record label didn't do a good enough job promoting it or something. Like who knows why it flopped? But yeah. anyway, I just think it's interesting. So, um, but yeah, so this was basically the birth of, of Goblin is all because of Argento. If you think about it, because he he mm-hmm. he liked their music enough to to be like uh, I don't need this jazzy composer guy anymore. Let me get this prog rock group in here um for this horror score which i can't think of too many horror films that 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 you know utilize like a rock band for for the score you know like that i feel like that's kind of what makes his films unique is his partnership with goblin right
1: absolutely i mean there's like everything about it is so locked in that time period and I think sometimes that could be like a bad thing and distracting thing and makes things really dated. And I think in this case actually does seem really dated, but like in a good way, it feels like it encapsulate encapsulates so many cool things about the 70s that really only lived in the 70s.
0: Yeah, like that, uh, that or that organ sound or whatever, that very particular organ sound. Uh, if that's an organ, please correct me, Adrian, if I'm well, wrong, but it sounded like a sounded- sort of synth or something.
1: In the beginning, yeah, there was a Moog, uh, or Moog, whoever. There's yeah, always,
0: Moog, right, yeah. Um, I
1: always call I've always said Moog.
0: Moog, by the way. Yeah, me too, me too. Right. It looks like Moog, you know. know? That's um, what I say, <laughs> yeah.
1: But it's a, it's a monophonic synth, uh, so you could just play one note at a time. And that, um, I think until like the mid to late 70s is when you could play like polyphonic synths. I'm not like a synth synth. Uh, expert or anything but you just like um, legitimized
0: this podcast as like legit <laughs> pod, just by saying that sentence
1: <laughs> okay cool sweet okay i can sign off now no, i'm just yep um good. <laughs> that, that's
0: all i needed from you
1: but yeah that definitely sounded like a moog in in, in the beginning um and yeah um what, what else is so interesting about that track i mean i was a mix- fan of the bass
0: solo you don't the really bass hear bass is solos that often
1: wild it's like who yeah. thought that it made sense for them to turn that bass up so loud i mean it's so yeah. loud
0: um, yeah well <laughs> let me let me give the roster here because like yeah shout out to the bass player i guess uh so and if you look at the wikipedia page there have been dozens of iterations of of this band so like they they shuffle out um new members all the time, but. Back when this was recorded, the the Cherry Five lineup. So I'm guessing that's who this is. So this bass player was named Fabio Pign- Pignatelli, mm-hmm. Massimo Marante is the guitars, Claudio Simonetti is keyboards, Tony Tartarini is vocals, and then Carlo Bordini is drums. So uh, if you if you look up this, this this discography of Goblin, at some point they switched their name to Claudio Simonetti's Goblin. So he's like. Kind of like so the mainstay. I. Yeah. So, like, you know, they break up at some point uh, and then they come back together and, you know, it takes on all these different forms. And Claudio's kind of like the guy that's Claudio and, and Massimo have kind of like stuck with it for most of it. But anyway, all right. So, uh, yeah, that was kind of more of like a fun, like rock song. I think most of the other tracks we're going to play are going to feel more like uh, horror because, you know, this is, it's Halloween night after all. So, I, you know, I don't want to. I got to keep spooking you guys here.
1: Yeah. And deep Red is like, it's, it's interesting because it has a lot of horror elements, but it's, uh, I guess since it's a Giallo movie, it's like a murder mystery. So, yeah, uh,
0: I was gonna, yeah, I was definitely going to have that comment with you. Um, in terms of like, cause when we talk about Suspiria, which we're going we're gonna to play a track from Suspiria next, which a awesome. lot of people say Argento, all he does is Giallo films and people will correct. very, very, very quickly. Uh, be very quick to correct you and, and say that Suspiria is not technically a Jallo film, um, but yeah, the 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 classic like Giallo is like kind of like a whodunit mystery kind of thing, right? Murder mystery type situation, and Deep Red is definitely that, um, and so is uh, yeah, so is a lot of his films, uh, but Suspiria is not. Suspiria is like a classic like just like ghost horror kind of film. You know what I mean?
1: I forget what he calls it. There's like the Inferno trilogy or something, like, or no, the witches. Yeah. Witch yeah, well, trilogy? I think Inferno
0: is, yeah, is part I mean, of it, right? Was I'm Inferno supposed to, to be my... like a prequel or like a sequel to Suspiria? I think it was in the same like universe or something?
1: It seems like, yeah. So there's like a group of witches, and I'm forgetting their names. But I think, yeah, the witches that are in or mentioned in Suspiria are also... I don't, even, I don't even think you see the witches in, in Inferno. Spoiler alert, but they're involved in like the, in the, in the story. Inferno's a really weird one. I, I saw that for the first time recently.
0: I haven't um, seen it. I'm gonna have yeah. to watch it. Yeah. So the Wikipedia calls it a thematic sequel to Suspiria. All right. Anyway, so let's get into Suspiria. This song is 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 really cool. First, let's play the trailer. Uh, so. This is this trailer is great, man. It like you want to talk about like a um, a snapshot of, of a time like this. This trailer is uh, is great, man. All right. So again, if you're playing along at home, search for the official trailer, the official Seventy Seven Suspicion trailer, and uh, yeah, you should be should be uh, greeted by a, a lady combing her hair is the first thing you see. All right. So here we go.
4: Roses are my are blue, but the iris is the flower that will mean the end of year. Suspiria. You can run from Suspiria.
3: Suspiria. Suspiria. But you cannot escape. Suspiria. The only thing more terrifying than the last 12 minutes of Suspiria the first
0: 92 okay um awesome man the uh, i always feel bad for the, the the lady that's just flailing her arms around and knocking out all the windows in the room yeah. that she's in um that's some paper thin glass man because she just barely yeah, taps it and then it just shatters anyway um uh, that's the, the 70s uh, prop department i guess But um, yeah, you can't really tell from the trailer, but there's, there's so much like color in this film. That's the thing that jumped out at me the most was like the use of color. And I think that's something that maybe Dargento is kind of known for is like his use of really vibrant colors and stuff. And like, if you're used to watching like American horror films, you know, that to me, um, I think is like the first time that I, I saw like a, a Dargento film, like that's, I always say Dargento, his name is Argento, but Dario Argento. Um, it just felt different. You know what I mean? Like it just felt really. Yeah. Like, like something that I'd never seen before, you know? And it takes a little bit of getting used to when you're watching an Argento film, like you, you kind of get used to it. If you watch a few of his films, cause they're, cause they're kind of, they're kind of weird you know, their pacing is a little bit weird, but, but yeah.
1: Pacing is weird. And they used Italian and American British actors and they're like mm-hmm. dubbing over. So like, I know that some of the Italian actors are speaking in Italian while the um, American or English actors are speaking in English uh, and then they just would dub over whichever version they were making, the Italian version of the...
0: Yeah, it's weird because like you'll see their mouths moving. Like you said, yeah, you'll see their mouths moving and they're speaking in English, but they still dubbed over the
1: English sometimes mm-hmm. where it's like, well, you didn't have to do that. but. Anyway. Apparently that was like an Italian cinema thing. Like, That's just like something that they uh i mean you know american movies did that for a while too but then i guess we transitioned at some point i think that might have been in the 70s and like hmm. you'll see some of argento's movies from like the 80s to like you know early 90s and they still are dubbing um, in this way and, it's, it's pretty bizarre yeah.
0: yeah i guess it's part of the charm if you, if you want to think of it that yeah. way but
1: yeah exactly all
0: right so the uh synopsis here from the moment she arrives in Freiburg, Germany, to attend the prestigious Tanz Academy, American ballet dancer Susie Banyan senses that something horribly evil lurks within the walls of the age-old institution. Indeed, and you can't escape it, as the trailer told us.
2: Mm-hmm. All
0: right, so here we go. I'm going to play a track from the soundtrack here. This song, um, it's a it's a 12-minute and 36-second long uh, song. I'm going to actually break it into two clips, but we're not going to get anywhere near the second half of this song. Uh, but there's some really cool stuff that happens. So there you go. This song is called Black Forest. so there's the intro. Uh, awesome. I, I love that saxophone, man. I just yeah, love it.
1: Yeah, it's so cool. It's pretty unexpected when it comes in. To-
0: yeah, you're not expecting it. And um, I, I don't know how often they actually feature a saxophone in, in their music. Um, the guy is not actually credited as a member of the group, or at least in, on the Wikipedia page, uh, when they list out the, uh, the the lineup for for this particular soundtrack. I'm trying to find out who that saxophone player it was. I'm on the Discogs page. I don't see him listed hey. here. So who knows? Oh, interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, that to me, I guess, kind of makes this a prog rock song, I guess. But I mean, that's kind of hard to define, I guess, like what makes a prog rock song. Like I've always kind of, when I think of prog rock, I always think of um, a band like Rush. Yes or Moody Blues or Rush. Yeah, something like that, um, where it's like this blend of rock and like classical music you know what i mean
1: yeah and it's it's interesting it's like so many it was so big in the 70s uh everywhere i mean and america had its own version of prog rock you know england had its own version of prog rock and italy had its own version of prog rock i always thought that italian prog rock to me sounded more classical maybe Mm -hmm. um Obviously, the two songs that we've heard kind of, are, are I think are more kind of in the jazz fusion world. That's what I was
0: gonna say. Yeah, what's the difference between prog rock and fusion? Because to me, it's always like jazzy equals fusion, classical yeah. equals prog rock. If you really want to like oversimplify it, but I don't know if it's that. I don't know if it's that straightforward. But yeah, anytime I when I think of jazz fusion, I think of like Steely Dan or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, where it's like the perfect blend of, of jazz and rock. And I guess because I heard a saxophone in the song, my mind's like, oh, I guess it's kind of like fusion, right?
1: There's another term for that with Steely Dan. What is it called? It's like, um, I mean, obviously there's yacht rock, but right. um, I I always kind of thought fusion jazz didn't have vocals. Okay. Generally. Okay. And then prog rock has, because I, I think one of the, I mean, goblin doesn't have vocals so it's like i feel like mm-hmm. it kind of could be it could be yeah. fusion jazz and prog but i mean i love yes by the way i'm a big prog rock fan
0: are you
1: oh yeah i mean that was you know I, I i was so into classic rock because of my dad and then got into prog rock and it was like to me i was like this is the best rock music can get because it's like rock mm-hmm. music but it's like sophisticated
0: yeah, what it's true. Sure, it certainly it certainly makes you feel makes it makes you feel that way when you listen to it, especially like a a yes song, right? Yeah. Um yes, yeah, so we've we've done one episode on yes, if you're oh, curious, cool. people people out there if you want to go back in time. Uh, in twenty nineteen we did an episode on um, fragile.
1: Iconic. And some of this stuff the um this first one especially, if if there's any King Crimson fans out there, the record red the first song reminded me of that a lot. That's probably my favorite or one of my favorite prog rock records of all time.
0: The the first uh, Goblin track that we played?
1: The first Goblin track. What was that one called again?
0: That was called Mad Puppet.
1: Mad Puppet. Um,
0: Mad Puppet, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, there's like that record uses a lot of tritones. Sorry. Mm. I, I promised I'd bring some theory into this. Do it. Tritones do it. are like... Uh, It's a flat fifth. So it's basically just sounds really off. Um, It makes things sound really angular. Um, There's like one scale that you can kind of use with it. Well, more or less, it's called whole tone. And there's only two versions of this scale uh, because
0: I'm I'm loving this right now. (laughs)
1: It's it's all like whole notes. So if you just play whole notes on the piano all the way up, that's a whole tone scale. And it sounds wild. I think they used it like in silent films when like a a train is coming, um, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of just like, kind of like almost to like give you like a reaction,
0: you know, kind of like scary. Okay. So it's supposed to sound like unsettling kind of, or
1: yeah, it sounds really unsettling and wrong and shocking. And,
0: um, okay. Interesting.
1: And King Crimson and in red, um, several of the songs kind of utilize this, like these tritones and, I feel like that uh, the Goblin song, Mad Puppet, did that in, in the first half of the song. Well, that's
0: interesting, especially since um, since the trailer's like, you're going to be in deep shock. Right. And they're using like these tritones or whatever uh, that are supposed to kind of like leave you unsettled and stuff. So maybe that was intentional.
1: Yeah. I wonder if like, I always like to think about like what the, the creative process was here and if if mm-hmm. our i know Argento is a really opinionated person so i wonder if they were just like hey give me something like really shocking and and insane and they were like okay this this scales really you know off sounding so let's try yeah, it. i mean that
0: that's an interesting like yeah i wonder how much like yeah it, it is interesting to think like if he just calls his prog rock band up and it's like hey can you score my horror movie how much yeah how much did he kind of lead them you know or like give them mm-hmm. any sort of like yeah that's that an interesting yeah and i would think if we could find um the cherry fives uh, debut ep and see how different it sounded from yeah the deep red soundtrack that would probably answer that question because like mm-hmm. and that could be interesting if like we could credit argento for like sort of like steering him toward like the sound that they went on to develop you know but anyway yeah definitely all right uh okay yeah so we're gonna actually pick this track up again because i wanted to at least play there's a a pretty cool guitar solo that happens so i got a guitar player on the show we got to play the guitar solo so (laughs) here we go all right so we're gonna pick back up where we left off the song again it's called black forest off of the suspiria soundtrack pretty legit guitar solo. You know, you gotta you gotta give it to him.
1: Oh yeah. That's wild. Great tone. Great tone.
0: Yeah, yeah. Totally. I mean that's uh all right, so let me let me credit the guy. So his name is Massimo Morante. Mm. Uh, he actually died last year. So he uh, he was he was oh, with no the band way. up until almost the entire time. So him and um oh. him and Claudia were were in the band for pretty much the entire run. So rolling stone just put out a revised list of their greatest guitar players of all time i don't know if you've looked mm-hmm. at that yet
1: i'm scared to look at it i hated the first version
0: it is it is scary they, they did a good job of trying to like add in some like indie guitar players and stuff like that so like uh what's her name from saint vincent um Annie clark yeah she's on there
1: nice she should be on there she's
0: Incredible. Yeah, she's yeah, exactly. But you don't, you wouldn't think of her like you know when you usually think of guitar greatest guitar players, you always go to like the guitar gods, quote unquote. So you mm-hmm. think of like your Jimmy Pages and your, your your Claptons and your Santanas and your whatever else, right? Um, but they've it seems like they've done a good job, sort of like factoring in all the great guitar players um, that don't just sit there and try to shred. You know what I mean? Um, she
1: can shred too.
0: Oh, can she? So I've never seen she her live. Can of,
1: shred hard she is so good
0: she made it really high on the list so so there you go
1: yeah she and not to bring up king crimson again but she's very influenced by robert fripp
0: um okay cool
1: she can definitely emulate that sound with you know with her own twist or really really well um the the debut not debut the self-titled one which i think it's like the third or fourth album of Mm -hmm. hers i think it's the third after Strange Mercy. Anyway, that record has a lot of those King Crimson tones. I saw her on that tour, and um, she'll go for it. I mean, like on on this the studio version, she's pretty subdued, but live, she's she's soloing circles around everyone, having a great time. It's pretty that's awesome, fun, incredible to watch. All right,
0: well, credit yeah. to Rolling Stone for like acknowledging that and like and yeah factoring that in because like uh yeah some like the top ten or the top twenty uh there's the you know. I'm kind of like, I pop into like the guitar subreddit and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. most people are not, not happy with uh, th- this new countdown. But I mean, what, you know, that's, that's kind of how it goes. It, it basically, you look at like where they put somebody like Clapton and then who comes after him. And you're like, wait a minute, I wouldn't put so-and-so above Clapton. You know what I mean? Like, I
1: would. Okay. I have a lot of opinions about Clapton.
0: Okay, um, Well, there you go. You may or may not agree with the, the, the placement then, but uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, He's top 50 but not top 10.
1: I don't think he should be top 100.
0: boom. you heard it here first on no phone. I am
1: not a big Clapton fan, but you know he's also not a good person, so that makes it worse. I understand
0: <laughs> a lot of people think that that maybe has something to do with the too like where he where he ranked on the Rolling Stone list so
1: but here's the thing like this, this I mean they all those musicians were stealing off of other or ripping off of other musicians. Eric Clapton I think, did it in the worst way a lot of other musicians were much more respectful of like, you know, the, 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 the black musicians that they were like basically stealing, you know, influence from, but Eric Clapton had a much more egotistical interpretation of that. There's so much stuff out there. Um, And, you know, sorry if anyone out there is a big Eric Clapton fan. I love cream, everything he did in cream. Great. Um, Although I give Jack Bruce more credit for that, but anything solo for no no, he has good solo stuff but i just think that like you know at that time looking back you know when we have as many good guitar players as we do now yeah and and, and now that we know a little bit more about like clapton's influence i think he's a lot less important than he was back in the day but we're not talking about Clapton. i don't even
0: i don't even have much uh i don't have much um opinion on on clapton but i with that statement you just said, like yeah, I agree. Like who, Clapton? Who the hell is he? Who cares about Clapton? <laughs> Let's get some Saint Vincent. You know what I mean?
5: Yeah.
0: Um, I'll tell you the one thing I was most this is two hundred and fifty guitar players, so a lot. Uh, Josh Hom nowhere on the list, and I thought that oh, was yeah,
1: that is a weird.
0: massive a massive mistake because he's he's amazing, but uh, Jack White sits pretty pretty high, which is cool because you know Jack yeah. White's great.
5: That um,
0: makes sense. The thing that the, another thing, and then we'll go back to. <laughs> to uh, to uh, Goblin. Um, but the authors, whoever came up with this list, it was a collective of people, they would group guitar players together. So, for example, Kirk Hammett and James Hetfield of Metallica are mm-hmm. just a, li- they're a line item together. Like they're grouping them. Oh, for weird. some reason, they're deciding to say, well, they're just in the same band, so let's just put them together. As if they're not independently amazing guitar players, right? So anyway. Right some weird decisions like that but anyway
1: yeah that's a hard thing List, list i mean i guess the whole point is just to get people talking about it it's like it actually yeah, sure doesn't did. even matter
0: yeah success <laughs> and, and they, they yeah you know they knew they, they knew that yeah. this would generate the buzz that it did because you know if yeah. you're if you're a guitar player or a fan of rock music you're going to have an opinion about this list for sure but uh Absolutely. you know All same thing happened with their first their first yeah exactly um you know, their first list didn't exactly get it get it right either. But, you know, everybody has opinions. Everybody likes who they like. So, this is the thing. Yeah. Nobody, yeah, you know, sure. if you, nobody's going to make the list that lines up with your exact dream list. You know what I mean? So, oh,
1: yeah. All right.
0: Let's move on. So, this is interesting. Um, I've never seen this film. Uh, and this is a um, a last-minute entry of the songs mm-hmm. I decided to play today. So, I, I sent you the list of films I was going to do. And... um. This was not included. So I'm curious if you've seen this. Uh, This is originally a film by George A. Romero called Martin. Mm -hmm. It came out in 1977. And when they went to release it uh, for, for the Italy market, Argento did the edit for the Italian version and decided to scrap the original score of course in favor for goblin so it's just funny because like the film had its own score and then when it got into argento's hands she was like no 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 we're not going to do this i'm going to bring in goblin and they're going to they're going to do it the right way you know so anyway this um that's maybe that's
1: goblin Yeah, maybe that <laughs> goes
0: back to your opinion your, your, your comment about um, how opinionated he was so he, he probably i'm sure he listened to the original score and was like this is not good enough i have to get goblin into the studio But that means that we get another great uh, Goblin score. So I'm glad that he decided to do that. Uh, But what's interesting about this score, though, uh, or at least it's funny. I said bring Goblin into the studio. He didn't bring him into the studio at all. He just took songs from some of their independent releases and just put them on the film. So the score is actually comprised of a album that Goblin put out just as Goblin, not tied to a movie at all called Roller, came out in 76. And then there's some other songs from a concept album that they put out that I'm not going to pronounce correctly. Uh, Il Fantastico Viaggio del... whatever. It's the fantastic journey of this Italian name I can't pronounce. came out in 1977. Anyway, so um, it's interesting because these are actually songs that weren't written for this film at all. They were just written separately and released independently of the movie. But whatever it's still a goblin song um and it's pretty cool so here we go this is vampire well that's the name of the italian version is vampire as in vampire um but the original uh title was martin and let's watch the trailer
4: my name is martin i'm 84 years old people think i'm crazy when i tell them how old i am i'd like to be normal I just have a sickness. The only way I can survive is by drinking blood. It's not easy living the way I do. I have to be careful all the time. But I'm pretty good at it. I think as I get older, I get better. I haven't been caught yet.
5: Another kind of terror.
4: You see, people don't understand what's wrong. They think that I'm a monster. They think I'm a vampire. Those things I see in the movies are not real. I don't have a whole lot of women. It's nice to watch them. I watch them a lot, all the time. I have to, to be sure that nothing goes wrong. I follow them. I plan. I'm very careful. I have needles now. I can use them. I can put them to sleep. And it doesn't hurt.
3: Martin, another kind of terror.
4: I would like to be like everyone else. I have to do things that I don't necessarily like to do. But I want to stay alive. I do need blood.
5: of
1: Night of the Living
0: Dead. Martin, Un- Wow. All right, so Martin is a little bit of a freak. Yeah, no kidding. Kind of obsessive, um, this Martin guy. He needs, to, he needs to chill out.
1: He needs to chill. And he probably shouldn't be telling us all this, too. Just
0: no, like, I mean, he's confessing. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: I mean, we're going to... We're gonna take this to the cops like right yeah,
1: show. Exactly.
0: Um it looks interesting. I mean, I, I may have to watch it. It definitely looks like an interesting film. I've never seen it, never heard of it.
1: I, I've heard of it. I've been wanting to see it. I never I I've never seen the trailer. Um and that made me want to watch it a lot more. That's such yeah. a cool trailer.
0: <laughs> yeah, it looks cool.
1: Really unsettling.
0: Yeah, no, I uh and it's George A. Romero, so you know.
1: Yeah.
0: Horror icon, right? Um, but so that's actually not the first time that, um, Romero and Argento have collaborated. So, um, uh, they, they kind of worked together on, on day of, or Dawn of the Dead, uh, in 78 and Argento actually got a producer credit for that film mm-hmm. and provided the soundtrack, which means, you know, Goblin performed it is what that means. But anyway, so yeah, it sounds like they, they were, they had kind of a partnership as well in the same way that him and Goblin, uh, did but uh yeah i definitely want to check that film out um yeah it's interesting kind of like a you know from the perspective of a vampire kind of thing like you hear his uh you know it's kind of like a diary of a, a vampire situation going on there but that's kind of uh, interesting
1: yeah super cool and i mean the 70s not to get too deep into this but 70s was such a scary time with like the you know the rise of serial killers you know and mm-hmm. it has i mean it's to me, it seems like an, an analogy to, to that, you know, kind yeah. of this idea yeah. of like a sociopath, which is like kind of, you know, a quote unquote new idea to the mainstream back then. And yeah, it was like really unsettling to see how nonchalant he was like talking about this sort of thing. I mean, obviously it's ridiculous because he's a vampire, but, you know, it, it, yeah, it was, that was a effective trailer. That was a really good yeah. thing.
0: Yeah. And, um. Yeah, it's interesting how he kind of like it was almost like he was trying to like make it seem like it was not so bad. You know, he was like, oh, you know, I mm-hmm. use I use syringes now, so he just I put him to sleep and stuff. I'm right, not that right. bad. But, yeah. Exactly. Uh, anyway. So he's like, oh, yeah. Anyway, um, all right, so let's play a track here. So again, uh this song did not what well, was not written for this movie. It actually came out on that album. I'm not gonna try to pronounce again. Well, I can say the English, the the translated uh, name was uh, The the Fantastic Journey of Bagaroso Mark. Came out in 78. So here we go. This song is called Danza. Yeah, so I wanted to make sure I got some of that vocal uh, track in there because first time we hear yeah. vocals um, on a, on a goblin track. So um, I guess that was the guitar player, Massimo Morante. Oh, cool. He's credited as the vocalist on that track. So uh, pretty cool.
2: Yeah,
0: I guess you can, you can kind of tell that we're approaching the '80s with that that synth in the beginning. Like, didn't that just sound like a classic like synthwave sound there in the beginning of that track?
1: for sure. Yeah, I wonder what synth that they used for that. So it's I mean, they could have... So I was kind of looking into this before because I was curious. I was looking into some Italian prog. Anyway, um, you know, uh, Vangelis was like, used this polyphonic synth. I think it's the Yamaha CS80. Mm-hmm. And I know that a lot of Italian... There's another Italian kind of uh, horror composer that I really like, Fabio Frisi.
0: I've heard of that. Where do I know that from?
1: He did Zombie, or Zombie 2. He did um,
0: okay, okay.
1: a bunch of uh, Lucio Fulci movies. And then he did City of the Dead, I think. Or, yeah, City of the Dead. Um, did he do... No, I think the guy from Goblin did... I don't know if he was credited as Goblin. Claudio Simonetti. But he did uh, Demons, which is a movie I really like.
0: I think, yeah. Uh, I want to say that that's another... This, uh, I'm actually going to play a track as the outro track uh, from that film. It's actually a, a remixed version of a song, but anyway. Oh, cool. Um, Demons was that another like Romero? No, never mind. That was that was Argento um, again.
1: Baba's son or something? Mario Baba's son, I think.
0: Baba. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Uh,
1: directed that. Um, I think Argento wrote the script though. Okay. Um, he wrote both of those demons movies, demons one and two. I have a funny story about demons. Um, Go for it. If you want to hear it. So yeah, this was is a in... night
0: to hear about demon stories for sure.
1: <laughs> okay. So <laughs> it's scary, I guess, in a way, but uh, so uh, my fiance and I were, were in Puerto Rico just on vacation. This was years ago. And, you know, I, I had, I bought this demon shirt, from like amoeba records when we were in LA and it, I thought it was a hilarious right. shirt it had the demons font in yellow it looked it kind of looked like a metal shirt uh okay love okay. you know the way metal shirts look but the the imagery was I guess a little disturbing it was like um a demon ripping off like a face of a, another person but it looked very cartoony it looked like it looked like kind of an Iron Maiden cover. You know what I mean? It was very goofy. So I never really thought anything of this
0: <laughs> shirt. So you had, so, you, you had no idea that that, that it was, you know, he didn't know the movie at that point point. you just kind of saw that it was a cool shirt.
1: Yeah. Well, no, I, I'd seen the movie. I loved the movie. Uh, I was like, this is, I've never seen a demon shirt. How random is that? So I bought it, loved this shirt, uh, wore it all the time. Um, you know, I knew it's something I wouldn't wear to a job interview or. Whatever sure, time. yeah. But, I
0: mean, uh, to be fair, you could have worn that to the interview for Life Blue and we still would have hired you. I'm just going to put that out there. Okay,
1: good to know. Good to know.
0: If I <laughs> could just turn back time. Next time. In fact, in fact, I would have like, I would have just hired you on the spot, probably.
1: <laughs> You're like hired. He's hired. <laughs> exactly. Um. Anyway, so. I was wearing this shirt when we we're in Puerto Rico. We went to this, I think it was like a, it was a Sunday. I didn't think about this, but we went into, we just walked into a restaurant and it was definitely a very kind of conservative crowd. There's a lot of families and stuff like that. So we're just sitting at, uh, for for breakfast or lunch or whatever. And I guess, you know, people are getting, you know, just getting out of church and stuff like that. But this old man comes up up to me and, you know, I speak Spanish, but at that point, my Spanish was a little rusty. I was, like, trying to understand him. Uh, at first, I was just thought he was coming over to say hi. He was like, hey, you know, how's your meal, everything. But then he started talking about respect. He was like, you know, you need to show a little bit more respect, especially when you're with such a pretty lady or something like
0: that. Okay, all right.
1: And then he slapped me. He, like, was talking about my shirt, and then he slapped in, me. In the face. In the face. like just, wow. like, And I think he meant it to be, like, I don't know if he was just, like, a – kind of just like a light shame on you but it like it was shocking to be slapped in the face yeah <laughs> it was, was like, a, like it
0: was like a tritone right? me yeah shocking.
1: exactly and i just looked around and everyone was just like <laughs> looking at us I, mean, I was like i don't know and then and then i realized oh i think he was talking about my shirt that whole time because he was like talking about the way i dressed and i was like i don't know what you're talking about like
0: so what, what what's the story there so is it like the he just didn't like it because I had the word "demon" on it. I think, that guy needs to just stay in church because he's going to have a hard time anywhere he goes, dude. Yeah,
1: I think it was. He was that. He just thought it was an inappropriate shirt, which I guess technically he, you know, it, it wasn't the right vibe. That's for Golly, sure. But, you man. know, I was just on vacation. You know, I didn't think about it. Uh, so, I mean, he was a. it was a really. He was very, very old. Very, very old. So I was. I you know, but he had. A, he had a good. Uh, Pretty decent slap so I'll man. so i,
0: I guarantee you you're not the first guy he slapped for wearing a shirt i don't
1: know there's think no so. way maybe yeah. that's his thing you know yeah He's
0: uh the slapper that's what they He's call the him
1: slapper. yeah anyway so i definitely like thought about wearing that shirt differently after that
0: have you worn it since then
1: well it shrunk so i actually mm. um i i gave it away but um i see yeah i had it for a very very long time it was it was basically about to fall apart um but you know when you like horror movies you're just so desensitized to all this stuff so it's just that's
0: that's a good point yeah like
1: i don't think about it it's just funny to me the concept of demons is funny you know i never think about it being scary or actually like problematic i guess i i Um, hear what you're
0: saying yeah Yeah, because especially when you watch a lot of horror yeah like you said like you end up You end up watching horror for other, like if you're, if you appreciate horror, like you're not watching horror because you're a, you like, you like, uh, you know, devil worshiping and, and you like seeing, um, you know, horrible acts of violence on, on screen. You know what I mean? Like you're watching for like the themes and the metaphors and.
1: Exactly. It's like my Marvel, you know? Exactly. It's a Marvel universe to me.
0: It is. Yeah, it totally is. Anyway, that's funny, man. Um, I guess yeah. demons, you know, there's like a, I guess like a religious aspect to it. Maybe, maybe right. that's what his approach was. Like he thought you were like he... sitting there trying to worship demons or something like that.
1: Yeah, Who maybe. Knows?
0: Yeah. Well, he's probably long, long gone. He's probably moved on to a uh, another uh, plane of existence, perhaps. I think so. um, yeah. If, if brought... his if his beliefs were correct, he's he's sitting yeah. up in heaven right now.
1: Or maybe he slapped the wrong person. Who knows?
0: Maybe. Yeah. Maybe he's. <laughs> Maybe he's downstairs cooking, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right. Well,
0: I got one more track for us here. So this particular film, um, our coworker, Brian, told me about this BK. I'm not going to give his last name, but we we know him. He's another horror fanatic at uh, the company that we work for. And he was telling me about this film. He was telling me about this very uh, inventive uh form of torture that this killer um Mm -hmm. devised and uh you see it in the trailer and it is very unsettling uh even to watch the trailer it makes you cringe uh but this movie came out almost a decade after vampire so we're jumping into the future so at this point i don't believe goblin is goblin anymore but argento still works with three or four of the members of goblin Uh, so like i think claudio and and some of the other guys uh so you know he's still he's still working with most of the the goblin uh musicians they're just they're not goblin anymore anyway so this is 87 this movie is called opera and have you seen opera yes okay so you know exactly what i'm talking about um because it's the imagery that you immediately think of when you think about opera it's on like the cover of the film uh it's in the trailer um so i'm just gonna say that this is another theme of Argento. He he loves showing you close-ups of eyeballs getting
2: mm-hmm.
0: all manner of 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 uh, you know puncture and stab and whatever the heck else you can do to an eyeball. Like he'll do it right. Um, and and this particular film, I'm just I'll, I'll try to describe it, but you should watch the trailer. He's basically he's the killer kind of like tapes these needles underneath the eye lid of this woman forcing her to keep her eyes open to watch him kill her friends and stuff whatever because if she closes her eyes like she's going to puncture her eyeball uh basically uh and it's just it's freaking horrific but it you know hey i've never seen it before Mm -hmm. never seen you know since then like it's Mm -hmm. it's inventive i'll give him that uh but anyway definitely uh so yeah all right let's watch the trailer here so again this is a movie called opera about 1987, and I'm going to push play right now.
3: gentle brings fear don't leave me alone i'm afraid passion obsession
1: music puns Everybody oh yeah i was, was appreciated that
0: yeah uh yeah i just I, th- I think uh trailers used to just hit differently back in the day mm-hmm. uh, i love the narration of those old trailers but uh, anyway yeah uh, how the heck did they even film that i mean i she's got she's got something taped to her eyeballs like mm-hmm. I, I, even if they're like Actually, you know, obviously they weren't real needles, but like that, that couldn't have been comfortable for that actor. It's kind of like whenever I see that, um, the scene in clockwork orange, you know, where his eyeballs mm-hmm. are like, that always makes me uncomfortable because yeah, like, he's actually, he's actually doing that. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So, uh, here's a one sentence synopsis. A young operata is stalked by a deranged fan bent on killing the people associated with her to claim her for himself. That's another theme of these films. It's a lot of uh, obsessive, deranged men stalking women and doing mm-hmm. uh, unspeakable things to them, uh, which you know is kind of a genre in, in itself for for horror. That, that's that's most horror films actually is mm-hmm. unspeakable things happening to women. Um, that's a that's a theme of horror for sure. But uh, anyway, I I thought this film was was really uh, interesting. I love the the opera you know, theme and like the, you know, the, the music and stuff. Obviously you heard it in the, in the trailer, like there's a legit opera happening throughout the film that like is an interesting sort of like backdrop for this thing. Cause she's like a lot of the kills and stuff are happening like backstage and like underneath the, mm-hmm. the stage and all this kind of interesting stuff. And then in this apartment um, of hers, like in the trailer, it shows, like I was saying with eyeballs getting, um, you know, destroyed, there, there's an eyeball that gets shot. Uh, through like a peephole. This guy shoots some lady through the eyeball, you know. Uh,
1: yeah, didn't, so, yeah. Um, gosh, I don't remember where I heard this, but I could have sworn that Tarantino borrowed that scene. Like, or the, uh, it was inspired by that. Maybe he did something like that in Kill Bill.
0: The needles That's under like, the
1: eyes? Not the needles, but the, the shot <clears throat> that shown okay. in the trailer of the bullet going through like the door.
0: It's a really cool shot, like for the, it's for incredible. the eighties, like it's, it's great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 87, like it looks awesome. It really, does. Yeah. You can basically see it like traveling through the peephole thing. on um, the door, it's awesome.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: but yeah. So, very, very all right. Cool. So the song that we're going to play here, I think it kind of, it has kind of a classic pipe organ kind of thing going on, which I think, uh, is very appropriate for, for horror. Uh, so here we go. So this song, it's actually credited as Claudio Simonetti. So maybe it was just him by himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is actually, we're down to Claudio just by himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just going to pretend that that's still Goblin. Um, it kind of is. But anyway, all right. So this song is called Crows.
1: Nice, epic.
0: Pretty epic song, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, like, in the 80s, I definitely think, like, a lot of these, like, some of these Italian movies, sorry, Italian uh, horror movies, you can kind of see it go from prog to metal a little bit. This one, not mm. so much, but if you see, like, uh, some of the, the the guitar tone was definitely, like, very, like, Yeah, or, no, I can hear metal.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, like, I don't know if you picked up on that in the trailer, but there was definitely a more, like, 80s metal song mm-hmm. that played in that track. I don't know if that was from the score, if that was a... Yeah, okay. So, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if that was just another band or if that was uh, part of the, 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 the score like that he wrote, like if he wrote that.
1: In Tenebre, I think I was like... Because I rewatched that re- recently and I think I saw that like Motorhead played oh, on okay. it. Okay. And there's definitely some like metal aspects of that um because i know goblin was involved in that too Mm -hmm.
0: um yeah but yeah it
1: seems like there's definitely some like metal influence that kind of creeped into and then demons has a lot of uh uh metal uh in it as well um yeah is pretty funny
0: (laughs) metal and uh and horror definitely go hand in hand you
1: know yeah i agree
0: well all right that was it man we're done Amazing. So if I, if I haven't convinced you out there to go listen to Goblin, um, I I don't know what else to do. You know, I don't know what else to do. Um, if you're, if you're a fan of, of, of seventies rock, like these albums are, are kind of, um, kind of, uh, almost like hidden gems, you know, like if you haven't, if you haven't heard of him before, like they're, they're just amazing. You could put them right up there with, with other great prog rock groups from that era. Um, and then, if you're a horror fan and you haven't watched any of these films, like you know, get yourself in the right mindset because they're they're different. Like these films are different; they're they're kind of weird. But once you start to watch a few of them, you kind of get an appreciation for them for sure. Definitely. There's all the world, you know. And if you're uh, if you have a, uh, I think it's called Tubi. If you have uh, the Tubi app on your Apple TV or your Chromecast, or whatever they actually have an entire section devoted to Italian Jallo uh, films and it has a lot of these. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Which tells you like uh, to be is kind of like in terms of horror, like they, they kind of, they, they get it. I mean, if they made a, a whole section devoted to, to that, then that's pretty niche stuff, you know what I mean? But. Oh uh, yeah.
1: And a lot yeah. of the copyright stuff on Italian horror movies is like, I don't know if it's just like, just not active, but you could find a good amount of these, if you go through the Argento movies and you're like, I want more of this, just go on YouTube and like search for Italian Jallo movies or horror movies, seventies. And like, I found a playlist once and I saw like 10 movies through this play, YouTube wow. playlist completely for free. Hopefully it's still up. But
0: That's probably why, years why, ago. why Tubi uh, has so many of them because they're, I guess they're just yeah. they're probably the licensing which is like non-existent <laughs> or whatever. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, Adrian, thank you for joining me tonight. This has been great.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. This is so much fun. Uh,
0: this is Halloween night, so everybody out there make uh, make wise choices tonight. You know, don't do anything stupid. Um, but yeah, if you need if you need a film to watch, we just gave you like four or five recommendations. You know, maybe start with uh, Suspiria. Um, that's probably a good entry. Um, Agreed. Definitely one of the the films that he's most well known for, and I think that the Suspiria theme song is is pretty iconic, so that might be one of their their better known themes. so
2: mm-hmm.
0: all right, well, uh, as always, you can find us on Instagram. If you search for no filler, music podcast will pop right up. Uh, we don't update our Instagram as we like to say around here. it's just kind of there. Um, but you can reach out to us on Instagram have any music suggestions or anything like that tell me about a, a italian film that i that i missed a, a horror film that i missed um and maybe we'll we'll talk about it next month so uh yeah quentin should be back on uh, next month's episode and uh we're getting close to our our year-end wrap-up episode so we're going to try to do that again this year where we do an episode a week in december devoted to our top tracks of 2023 so look forward to that coming soon. Uh, Thanks again for joining. My name is Travis. That's Adrian over there uh, sitting in for Quentin. And we will talk to you guys next month. Take care.
3: Worship God, above, worship God above and say, down here. Worship you God above and say, down here.